Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star, double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Uh, welcome, listener, to Star Crashed, the podcast in which we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. Uh, for this episode, we watched The Night of the Comet from 1984. My name is Linnea. And my name is Ebba. And how are you doing, Ebba? Well, I have a cold, so my voice might be a bit uh, off today, I think, but uh, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. By the end of you this sound, episode, you sound I'll... fine too. Yeah, okay. So okay. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> then it's all in my head. That's the way I want it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how are you Good. doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. It's been a, a fairly uh, slow and relaxed week this mm, week. Nice. I haven't had that much to do, so uh, got some got some work done and uh, relaxed. I watched uh, the Dragon Prince on Netflix. That was really nice. Mm. Is that a new one or an? Uh, it's a it's a new TV series uh, by the same oh. creators as Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, oh, okay. So, did you like it? Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I think I like Avatar more, but mm. I thought the Dragon Pins, uh, the the first season anyway, which is what is available at the moment, was good and promising. Mm. So, I'm definitely gonna continue watching that. Nice. So, you recommend that then? Yes. Yes, I do. So, yeah, Night of the Comet. Yes, what not, is it about? Yeah, it's not exactly <laughs> Dragon Prince, although I don't even know what Dragon Prince really is, but I'm guessing it's not like Night of the Comet. <laughs> no, no, yeah. very different. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be a bit more relaxed in this synopsis part, I think, today. Uh, so I haven't really prepared anything, so let's see how this goes. So Night of the Comet is... Uh, well, we're introduced by a narrator that says uh, that a visitor is returning for the first time since the dinosaurs. Hmm. Very ominous extinction mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so down on Earth, people are celebrating the comet show because a comet is dancing across the sky and maybe it will hit Earth or maybe it won't. It's, it's not really explained. So anyways, <laughs> we're soon introduced to our uh, main character, Regina. Uh, she's a girl who works at the cinema and she loves playing arcade. She doesn't join in the party, like the comet show party, so she um, instead goes to her friend who works in the, um, oh, what's it called, you know, the projector room. Uh, and they have a very nice evening doing intimate things and talking about <laughs> Superman. <laughs> yes, geeking out about Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Regina, our main, our main girl, I have to say. So uh, up next is Samantha, uh, and Samantha is at home during the comet show party, uh, and she gets in an argument with someone called Doris, who's an older older woman, uh, which ends up in Doris actually punch punching Samantha really really hard. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Doris is their stepmother. I yeah, believe. yeah. I was yeah. thinking that too, but I didn't want to say it because I, I wasn't completely sure. I was like, is she a sister? Like an older sister, stepmom, mom who she calls Doris? I wasn't really sure. So I was like, well. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure she was their stepmom. And they didn't have a good relationship with her, so yeah. And but she, but she seemed to talk like, uh, like the stepmom was having a f- out of marriage relationship with a man at the party. I don't yes, know. yes. I bit... think the way I understood it was that Regina's and Samantha's father, he was in the military and he was away from home oh. a lot. So Doris was having yeah, an affair okay. with a neighbor, Chuck, okay, or whatever yeah. his name was. Yeah. Thank you. That explained that whole scene for me. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, so Samantha, I don't think she joins uh, the people on the street because by now people are like eating hot dogs and like laughing and playing music out in the street. So the sky lights up uh, like very violently, like there's a big blinding light. Oh, I smacked my microphone when I said (laughs) blinding because I'm so excitable when I talk about these things. (laughs) So yeah, Doris complains about a headache and I think other people are as well like touching their heads and be like, oh. The day after this amazing comet show, um, the streets are empty, completely silent. There are clothes strewn on the streets and uh, people are just gone, essentially. Where have they gone? Have they gone to the mall? Well, we'll know soon. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So Regina wakes up. Uh, The man who, um, the young man who she was, uh, like, I I guess her boyfriend or whatever, uh, he leaves to get some film reel. And uh, when he is, uh, like, I think he goes out or something, he gets attacked by a man with white eyes and he is looking like a zombie, basically. Uh, And then, like, Regina is like, well, where did he go? What happened? So she steps outside and, uh, unfortunately, the the door gets locked behind her and she's like, wait, what what am I going to do now? And then this white-eyed man appears and he says, come here. Very creepily, very creepily. Not at all as, as inviting as I just said it. Uh, you have to true, agree with true. me on that. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but it turns out Regina is awesome. So she fights this uh, really creepy zombie man off. Uh, and then she goes to mate up with Samantha. And Samantha is at home, alive. By now, Regina's figured out that the streets are totally empty. Something weird has happened. Like, what is going on? They're like, is, is everyone gone? But then they hear... A man like a voice from the radio station so they figure someone is at the radio station but when they get there they found out that it was a tape and not a person and while they're there a young man threatens them with a gun he's a truck driver and his companion got eaten i i don't really remember how this companion got eaten um do you remember is it even important? I don't know. You know? No, it's not really important. It's just sort of to do, to I think to establish that oh, yeah. most people most people are gone, but some are left, and they are yes. sort of monsters. Yeah. Uh, but I think the story was sort of that he he was with a girl, uh, and then as they were driving, and they were sort of maybe a little bit scared that everything was empty, mm. and then they saw. Uh, one of these zombies and she got scared and ran away and then later on he found her and then she was dead and being being eaten i think that was yeah yeah that 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 rings a bell i think it was Mm. was exactly like that so yeah zombies zombies and humans are the ones that are left but then something else is introduced in the movie and that is an underground bunker well i'll have to um, correct myself it was hinted in the beginning i think 
um, that there was people who were prepared for this comet in a different way than the average comet yes, show party yes. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we're like getting back to the bunker and they're listening to the radio as well. And they're also discussing, by, because by now Samantha is like starting to broadcast on her own, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, uh, should we save these people or not? Like they don't know, they don't know what to do. Basically, they're sitting in they their bunker. Yeah, I, I, as I understood it, they didn't agree. Some, yeah, yeah. some kind of thought that they should contact Samantha exactly. and, and the group, and some said not. And it becomes clear later on why they disagree. Yeah, yeah. So really, if if you want to watch this thing and you're concerned about spoilers, which you really shouldn't be, but anyway, <laughs> leave now. <laughs> I guess don't leave us. Stay, stay. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Samantha has a nightmare. Uh, two police officers are turning to zombies and she she wakes up violently and like, oh. She has a rash by now on her shoulder that she's itching. But she says like, I get rashes when I'm stressed. Like psoriasis or your rosacea is the one you, you get when you're stressed, I think so. Uh, the truck driver leaves the two sisters because he want to check up on her, on his mom. That house is naturally empty like everywhere else in the world. He gets attacked by a um, zombie kid and he flees. Yeah, not much else was going on in that <laughs> scene. I'm sorry, but that's that was basically it. Uh, in the bunker, again, the bunker, people seem sick. Like maybe, maybe they weren't uh, so smart digging themselves in the dirt and staying there. But that's it. We don't know yet. So then uh, Samantha is, uh, we're back with Samantha and Regina, if you didn't get that. So Mm -hmm. then Samantha is kind of sad, kind of bummed out, like, "Mm, this isn't, this isn't a ideal life situation right now. So they go shopping. This is my favorite scene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of, but it's, it's really funny. So we have... I'm not in the least bit surprised (laughs) that this is your favorite scene. (laughs) so predictable <laughs> but oh yeah well i'm gonna se- i'm gonna sell the scene to the people who haven't seen this amazing movie so we have a quite expensive song i think we have seen the lopers uh, girls just want to have fun playing in the background and mm-hmm. they they go ham at this mall like they put on makeup they dress up in kind of amazing quintessential 80s pretty <laughs> outfits with like pearls and padded shoulders and fluffy skirts and just uh, it's it's amazing and they're having so much fun and it's it was just I really liked that scene they were they were having a good time they were having a good time even though there were zombies around but they're not alone creeps are watching <laughs> especially one creep who is directing like the cameras and looking at them through uh, video um video recorders or whatever you want to call it. like t- tvs i mean tvs god damn it yeah i think uh, they were like surveillance cameras oh thank in, you in that's the yeah. word i was looking for thank you <laughs> yes he was looking at them through surveillance monitors uh yeah but there he's watching and then he turns out the lights and he's basically toying with them being very threatening and uh, regina's like hmm so she uh, shoots at the camera there's a big shootout so uh, Regina and uh, Samantha and the creeps also a very nice scene like Regina is kicking butt because her military dad has, has taught these two ladies well but then uh, we have in another like outside the mall we have bunker people arriving in in the city by helicopter and Samantha gets taken by the creeps 
she was doing fine, but unfortunately, the creeps were just, they were outnumbered, basically. So then Regina holds one of theirs hostage. But the leader, the leader creep, creep leader, he kills his own man. Uh, and then he takes off his glasses and they have fucked up eyes. Like, they're looking bad, like almost white-eyed zombie bad. And then the bunker people goes to the mall and perfectly timing... Uh, shoots the creeps and saves Samantha and Regina. So the bunker people tell Regina and Samantha and the truck driver? Is the truck driver there by now? Uh, no, because no, Regina no, it, yeah. join, sort of is taken to the bunker while Samantha stays behind. And the reason mm. they say is because they're supposed to stay there and wait for Hector, uh, who is the yeah. truck driver. Because they want to look if he's, like, if he's well or if he's sick and that determines if they want to bring him as well but samantha is well they they think she's sick with her rashes and everything uh, but the woman like the the leader or like i don't know what you want to call her the captain or something i'm not sure she was the leader though no. i kind of got the impression she wasn't because she didn't she didn't actually want to bring the survivors to the bunker true, but true. she didn't she was sort of outvoted so i'm not sure she was the leader yeah actually. yeah that's right that's right uh she was just very she had that presence so maybe that was that was why i interpreted interpreted it that way but uh she kills samantha with a lethal injection and then there's a shootout between uh, that woman and another man from the bunker and the man dies and then the truck driver is back he goes to the radio station, but instead of finding Samantha and uh, Regina, he finds Bunker Lady. And she's wearing shades, which, which is this movie's way of telling you that it's a, it's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, basically. So she tells him that they're in a bunker and she tells him, she info dumps him a bit about stuff. Uh, do you yeah, remember? she gives him like like documents about what exactly they are doing there in the bunker. Oh, I yeah. think. Because at this point, we not we don't really know exactly bad stuff or good stuff they're doing, and it kind of turns out that it's bad stuff. It seems like like Samantha was in a very bad place, and Regina was like being saved. That's what it looks mm -hmm. like so yeah. far. But yeah, Regina is then interviewed like or more questioned really about illnesses and uh, things like that and the in interviewer tells her that well your sister is dead now because she was sick uh, that that does not sit well with regina so she strikes the interviewer down she's like nope <laughs> you do not do that off screen well off life i guess <laughs> well next up the truck driver goes to the fence of the bunker area and he's like let me in, basically. And then Samantha pops up from the trunk. She wasn't killed. Ta-da! No. So Regina, after running around the hallways of this bunker, she finds a couple of people under sheets being drained for blood. And after that, she finds two kids that were introduced a bit earlier as two kids that were saved by the bunker people. And uh, those kids are about to be drained for blood also because the bunker people needs their blood to stay uh, normal. That is the um, secret of the bunker that they've uh, messed something up with the air condition or like the air filters or whatever and uh, they got the virus or whatever is causing everyone to die or disappear. They've, they've got it as well basically. So mm. they're harvesting people. 
So anyway, Regina saves the two kids, meets up with Samantha and truck driver. The truck driver, he messed with the cars, so the bunker people couldn't follow them because poof, car explosion, fireworks. And next up, after a scene where they're hugging a bit, the calcium, which is whatever's left of the people who were like poof, vanished in, in the beginning of the movie, it washes away. The cleansing rain washes the dead away and uh, Regina and the truck driver lives a sort of a family life. They're putting some nice clothes on, like picture day clothes on. Uh, the two little kids are obviously their adopted kids by now. Samantha is very like contemplating the fact that, wow, I don't have a partner. I'm gonna, I don't know, get into incest or something. She doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm adding that in because that's... <laughs> Obviously, what she's like fearing right now. <laughs> uh, but lo and behold, a handsome man drives uh, into the city and he offers her a ride and he turns out to be very normal and uh, nice. So she gets in. So Yeah, and I, I, I need to add a little bit there because there's there's a really long setup for a joke regarding him i think his name was dean mason keener or something mm. like that the initials are dmk anyway and they set up that at the beginning of the film when we see regina at the working at the cinema because she is really uh, nerdy when it comes to arcade gaming mm. and she oh. has like all the records except oh, one that's and that's so dmk and she's like screw dmk and then she plays until she has wiped him off the leaderboard it's just like no it's just my, my name all over the place now so i'm happy and then at the end it turns out that he's still alive and i thought that was yeah so funny. oh because i i, I almost t I, like i wrote that down dnk but I, I must have erased it after a while because it didn't come up again uh mm -hmm. so i was like hmm that's gonna be a thing but then yeah, it wasn't in but the, now in the beginning, oh. yeah in, in the beginning it seems like it's a joke that kind of goes nowhere yeah. other than setting up Regina as a, as a bit of a nerd uh, but then in the end he turns up and it, I, I thought that was really it, that would have been perfect if Regina was the one without a partner it would have been oh so you're DMK. yes yes <gasps> oh my god like that would have been just a it would have been more perfect yeah <laughs> but still oh, better, I, love, I love the fact that yeah, that came yeah. back because I I'd actually forgotten completely about that now but okay yeah cool <laughs> So yeah, well, uh, there's also another small little fun thing in the end um, where Regina and uh, the truck driver... I keep, keep calling him truck driver, but I, don't, I didn't catch his, his name in the beginning. You can just call him call him Shakotay and everyone will know who Sh you're talking Shakota? about. Shakotay? Shakotay from Star Trek Voyager. It's the same actor. What? Well, I haven't seen... Vo I haven't seen <laughs> Voyagers. And now, and now oh! Eva is Googling yes! seriously. I am! <laughs> Cool. Oh, I, I actually, well, I mean, I only saw Voyager when I grew up like a tiny, tiny bit, but I do remember his face. So I kept, I, I do remember that his name was Hector, but I kept calling him Shakote in my head because cool. he's Shakote to me. Ah, well, uh, so Regina and Shakote are standing at the red lights, like they can't pass. Also red lights at a zebra crossing. And Samantha's like, well, no one's here. Why do we have to care about these things? Because Regina's like, no, we do not walk, walk on the red, um, you know, when the, light's, when the light is red. And then she says something like, 
because the whole burden of civilization has fallen on us. And I thought that was kind of nice, like trying to be nice. And it's a quite different message than, say, The Walking Dead and shows like that, you know, where people are just falling mm-hmm. into barbarism and every man mm-hmm, for himself mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever. Like that's always like they they try to be civilized, but they always fall back to very horrible behavior <laughs> so it's kind of like in mm. walking dead it's like no people are actually horrible <laughs> but in this movie which you did too these two lovely people going to raise these two small kids uh still learning not to cross the road when when the light is green uh, red i mean i thought was that was kind of nice and a bit funny also mm-hmm. because like who who yeah. gives a shit about <laughs> red lights <laughs> like nice but also like really funny in a way so samantha was just giving them the yeah like, like you, you are nuts? idiots <laughs> so a very long long rundown of uh, the night of the combat but we we got yeah, through yeah. it i believe it was the first time seeing this one for both of mm, us right yeah uh it had been on my uh wish list for quite a while and now now we decided to see it and i'm happy i i loved it this is just my kind of film uh, i thought it was funny and cute and just feel good and uh, yeah i dug the hell out of it oh yeah same here uh so entertaining and so just like a warm comfy blanket movie definitely yeah. there were a few things that i would have liked to like shave off to just make it a bit more polished and maybe not as it was a bit cluttered at one point yeah, i really liked it i'm kind of surprised because i hadn't heard about it at all before now so i'm very happy that you uh came with this uh, suggestion to watch it. Okay, so as you may have understood listening to the summary, the whole, basically, all of humanity, almost all of humanity is wiped out because of the comets. I mean, hence the name Night of the Mm. Comet. And it's very um, scientifically inaccurate, which is usually the kind of thing that annoys me because I'm a scientist myself, an engineer technically. But in this one, (laughs) I didn't really care (laughs) because I thought it was so fun. So I was like, yeah, I'll just roll with it, you know, I I don't mind. <laughs> so that didn't really hmm. piss me off as much as I thought. Could you, uh, I was happy with could that. you, si- science me, baby, science me, baby. What specifically were the things that you were like, about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Concerned Chewbacca. I think it's sort of established that the people who survive were the people that were surrounded like with the steel structure of some kind you know regina is in the projection booth mm. uh hector in his, is in his truck and samantha is in the garden tool shed or something because she's hiding from doris and they survive because of this and the rest of the people become dust you know sort of avengers style dust and if you haven't seen infinity war you have no idea what i'm talking about uh <laughs> but they become dust still have because of the comet and i'm just like that doesn't work <laughs> yeah like and also if a comet mm. were to pass us that close that's not what would happen like obviously we would not turn into dust <laughs> i mean someone's gonna yell Tungoska <laughs> on the other end but uh shut up yeah yeah because, but, yeah because the only thing that really affected by the comet are the humans we turn to dust and uh, well the animals too i suppose we don't really know about the animals but the buildings and the cars and everything that's fine so like yeah well yeah here's my thinking because i i 
kind of figured that it was a steel thing because they were talking about it in the projector room. They were talking about like, oh, we're surrounded by steel. No, like they were having that conversation. So I kind of figured, figured that it was something to do with that. And also the bunker people having been, they were protecting themselves in the earth. But what I find kind of strange is that they, um, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about this whole comet being very unrealistic, we might as well go the whole mile, mm-hmm. right? Because they're hinting about in the beginning that, oh, a visitor returns, like the one the dinosaurs met. Yes. So they're kind of hinting the fate now, well, in 84, being the same as the dinosaurs. But we have remnants left after the dinosaurs. But all humans yes. disappear yes. now. So that doesn't either make sense. It can't be the same as the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs weren't turned into calci- calcium ash. Yes, you know? yes. And, then, well, um... uh, and, there's, and, and also, they don't have projector rooms. I mean, no. I can't know for sure, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm also thinking, you know, I don't think a comet would have a 60, like 65 million years or whatever, that long an orbit around the sun, because comets, like all other objects in the solar system, orbit around the sun. Mm. They have more eccentric orbits, which means they're more sort of uneven. But I don't think it would oh, take okay. 65 million years for them to come back. That's <laughs> one slow comet. Yes. <laughs> well, they're, they're spiritually the same. They're not actually the same. <laughs> well, if, if, if you want to well. yeah, go with that, sure. Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole comet thing is uh, is kind of a bit strange, and I think that's kind of one of the issues with this movie is that it um, it doesn't really how do you want to say it? It doesn't really set up good rules, really. I would almost prefer there not being a comet and people just being like, "Oh, it's the new year," and then maybe a guy in a dungeon sitting there reciting an ancient uh, scroll or something. And basically, the scroll man is the one who curses the planet or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Something that doesn't really have nature laws. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> because this just gets—I don't know why they they survived survived really. Like you, you shouldn't really wonder too long or not ever understanding why some people and also why some people turn into zombies, but some people are, you know. Yeah, I think um, the way. At least the, the the way the scientists in the bunker explain the zombies is sort of that they they are they are going to turn to dust as well. It's just taking it's going slower for them. Uh, which I mean, the, the, why though? I don't know. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. You know, biologically, every human is different, and diseases and such mm. will affect every human slightly differently. So I can accept that it was. <laughs> Maybe a bit vague of a description, but I thought it was fine. I was kind of torn on the bunker people because although I really enjoy movies set in an underground environment, I kind of felt like I didn't really know what their incentive was. And it also felt like it was kind of a reaction to maybe oh, Dawn of the Living Dead, I think is the one with the underground. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that one. So maybe that was sort of like very inspired by that and they want to have the scientists arguing and, you know, like very moral ambiguousness. Mm-hmm. But I kind, I kind of would have preferred to have 
uh, Samantha, Regina, and Chakotay having adventures. Yeah, yeah, I, I had the same, I had the same thought. Even though I liked the movie as it is, you know, I, I mm. like I said, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mm. do think I would have liked it more if it would just, if it were just a post-apocalyptic tale about mm. these people learning to survive uh, because it could have been so many threats to them you know they we have the zombies we have rivaling gangs and, and things like that which could have worked perfectly well as a uh, antagonistic forces in the film but now it, it yeah. turns into like an evil scientist film and that's like i said as a scientist myself i always find that sort of <laughs> iffy because there is mm. this stereotype of the evil scientist that i find very annoying uh so even though I, I like the film, I kind of kind of could have done away with the evil scientist theme. Um, yeah, I think it just would have been a cleaner movie. Like a, yeah, it would, it would have it been would have, more yeah. like thematically coherent, I think. Yes, yes. The, the, like, was <laughs> the post, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic, uh, landscape we've seen in the city, in the town, which is completely empty, and then Samantha and Regina sort of having to survive there, is very different from the small but functioning society we see in the bunker with the scientists and it's sort of i don't know it didn't really fit that well together um as yeah and those sets were a bit uh, like that yes i don't know yes they they kind of cheapened cheapened the look of this movie because like the, mo- the movie is very low budget and but they have these um like em- the empty streets and they have this kind of fun radio station which they're they're pushing it a bit in that room like the amount of time they spend in that room but as a set i really liked it mm-hmm. this weird very very 80s neon very like not a very realistic radio station as well because it's very echoey but mm-hmm. but yeah like just just the three of them maybe uh, running into dnk a bit earlier and yes yes i was surprised we didn't get to see more of him honestly yeah so that's why i kind of think well maybe you you know this but like if there's any sort of influence by uh, Dawn of the Living Dead, like they, like they were really inspired, and they just. Mm, I was doing a little bit of research on this before, but I didn't find any reference to Dawn of the Living Dead. From what from what I could uh, find, the uh, director Tom uh, Tom Eberhardt, who also wrote the script, uh, he was talking more about his like the female role models he had before this. So he was inspired by, by oh. like uh, Ginger Roberts and things. And he also interviewed teenage girls when writing the script. So the whole thing, because there's a whole thing in the, in the film where like Regina is hooking up with Hector and Samantha is like, but I don't have any boys to date. That whole thing I think actually came from the teenagers he interviewed, like that whole idea. Mm. So that was interesting. But it, yeah, I didn't read anything yeah. about inspiration from from dawn of the dead which is not to say that he wasn't inspired i just couldn't find any information on it and i also mm. read talking about inspiration that actually buffy the vampire slayer Slay was inspired by this film really yes and i can kind of see why because yeah. this actually has surprisingly kick-ass female protagonists which I was very. It was a pleasant surprise to see just how well written. Um, yeah, women and, they and were. also f- a funny thing because I was so prepared for when the creeps have uh, kidnapped Samantha and uh, Regina and they're like chained up. I was kind of prepared for them to be uh, like sexually, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like a bit weird in that direction. But as I remember it, there was nothing of that. They just wanted to kill them. For food. Yeah, yeah. 
So none none of that weird sexual thing that it's so so normal. Yes, <laughs> normalized. Yes. There really weren't. There were a little bit of like nakedness in the beginning before the comet strikes, where uh, Regina and her then sort of boyfriend have sex. Oh yeah, but yeah. That's really all. Yeah, but that wasn't really that. They they were kind of making fun of her being paid or something. I couldn't really understand what the joke was in that like there was some something internal joke between the two of them like mm-hmm. she needed money for something so mm-hmm. yeah so like, that oh. that was uh, and it, the that, whole i mean they, we do know they had sex but it wasn't the way it was filmed it wasn't like overly gratuitous or anything and it didn't no, no, it didn't no. feel like a male gaze you know even though i know there were men behind the camera and who wrote this mm. scene it didn't feel like it. It actually kind of felt like it was a woman who wrote no, it. No, I, I think it kind of just more established Regina as a like a young woman who, like she's 18 in the movie, so a young woman who's one adult, mm-hmm. but still young. And, uh, and also like, she's very sure of herself and... She's in an mm. a, in a grown relationship with someone, and yeah, and she was very confident, you know, the way she spoke, yeah. because she speak to on her phone with Doris, the stepmom, and she was very confident in how she spoke to Doris. I thought, uh, yeah, just sort of, you know, you don't tell me what to do, I, I, yeah. I do what I like. It's a very and even very yeah. very confident woman. And even like Samantha, who's kind of like she's, I guess, the silly one, but I still don't, I still wouldn't really describe her as silly. Like she's just younger, so she's a bit more uncertain. Yeah, she's more she's more uh, immature, but that's yeah, that's <laughs> reasonable that she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's still pretty kick-ass too. I think you know she she yeah, knows how yeah. to fire a gun and all that, and she can defend herself. But she still yeah, but she still has a weak moment where she's a bit sad and like yeah. maybe two times or something like that, which is reasonable. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean that's that's um, a lot yeah. of. Uh, criticism you you can see today in uh, not only like movies aimed at teens but also like books aimed at teens that mm. sometimes the author doesn't actually know how to write teens and how how teens act but i think in this oh, yeah. film they actually uh, did succeed pretty well with that yeah which i suppose is, is a result of the writer actually interviewing teen girls that, that was probably a good yeah, which, idea for, for him. which is the wise thing to do <laughs> yes. because it is not easy in imitating a different generation no no basically i mean i i couldn't find a lot of details on it but i did find several sources on it so i'm pretty sure this is true but he mm. sort of uh, he didn't tell them that this was for film he just sort of asked them oh, questions okay. you know in a post-apocalyptic landscape, what would you do? How would you react? And mm. presumably, since we see that in the film, they t- told him that they would go to the mall and <laughs> steal clothes, <laughs> which is <laughs> such a thing I would do too if I was if I had the, the like the strong mental capacity that they do, because I would definitely just cry in a corner, like in a fetus position. But after that, I would be like, okay, I need to entertain myself. Yes. I can go to the mall and I can yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can pick up whatever I want. <laughs> and then I'd cry some more. Yes. <laughs> the characters like Samantha and Regina, they they feel so natural and I just I am shocked that this movie isn't like I didn't know about it. I'm like what? No, uh, it it's not that well known. It is considered a bit mm. of a cult classic. But it's not. It did gross pretty well when it were premiered. Uh, it cost about, I think, um, according to IMDb, seven hundred 
thousand dollars to make, mm. which is a pr- pr- pretty decent um, mm. budget, uh, and mm-hmm. it grossed about twice that much, which is also pretty oh. good. But I think the problem was that it premiered just like a short while after Terminator, and Terminator pretty popular mm. <laughs> so it might have been overshadowed by that but it has gained a cult status which I think it deserves and also just a fun fact that I, f- that I found that Siskel and Ebert reviewed they reviewed both Terminator and Night of the Comet and uh, they actually rated Night of the Comet higher than Terminator <laughs> really? <laughs> yes oh, I couldn't... that is such a fun fact <laughs> I couldn't Damn. find the original clip of it because it seems to have been removed from YouTube but I found like uh. like other people having noted it in mm. articles and such that they did which is really interesting uh. I mean I, th- I think <laughs> yeah you're racking your brain too like would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think Terminator as a dystopia that kind of thing is probably better. But I think Regina is... I like Regina better as a cam- character than I did Sarah Connor. Because Sarah mm. Connor, in, at least in the first te- Terminator movie, I know she becomes more kick-ass later, but in the first Terminator movie, she's not really that. She's kind of... She's very girly yeah, and very she's... scared of things. and just sort of. Uh... I, it's been a few years and I, since I saw that. I do remember her like being well. Who wouldn't be scared? To be honest, like True. you won't stop True. start kicking ass if you if you haven't had any training. Like she's mm-hmm. a waitress. Like yeah. <laughs> she handles it pretty well. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to say. Uh, I mean, I I'm not. I'm she, not saying she develops a bit of a. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm I, not saying that Sarah Connor wasn't a good character in the first no, Terminator no. movie, but she's not quite as. I mean, Regina just sort of oozes confidence, and I oh, really yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the first yeah. Terminator movie, I really need to. Yeah, because that in the second one, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You do not mess with Terminator Two, no, Samantha Connor. No. <laughs> Body goals. <laughs> I I wasn't prepared for this being a Christmas themed movie. No, me neither. That was a nice me surprise. <laughs> I'm like when I when I started watching it, I was like, God damn, this could have been such a good Christmas movie for us to watch. Yes, I wasn't aware <laughs> but, of it. Oh well. So, yeah. T- tip for you guys out there, like if you want to watch something entertaining for Christmas and you're sick of uh, Gremlins, uh, check out Night of the Comets. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our closing statement. Also, fun fun random fact. The, in the last scene when Samantha jumps into the car of DNK, she has a plastic handbag thing. Mm-hmm. I have that very same plastic bag no, in my living room. really? Right <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> well, I mean, we are going to Worldcon in Dublin next year. You know what you're going to cosplay <gasps> us now, right? Oh my god, yes. I mean, you're yes. already sort of starting. And with... I have pearls, yes. like fake and 70s pearls that could kind of work. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's gonna be yeah, so I'm obscure, not, though. Yes. No one's gonna. They're just gonna look like she's wearing the fuggliest outfit I've ever seen. <laughs> like she's trying to dress up. Like kind of, kind of want doing that now. Do well, it. Do it. Anyways, so you're Regina in the, then, right? Uh, yeah, sure. I can be a Regina. Yeah, just get yourself a pair of '80s mom jeans, which are. <laughs> hella attractive like i'm not even joking right now i love jeans like that if i if i were able to find a pair that suit me i would i would wear that Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I think the problem in this scenario is that in the movie, Regina is taller than Samantha, but you are taller than me. So. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> and also, like, not to be obstructing uh, cosplay goals here, but Samantha, no, I mean, Regina has got some amazing hair. True. Like, yeah. Whew, you need to get a wig for that. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> no teasing and hairspray in the world. I have, I have long hair, but it's not really that volume like i don't have that much volume mm. to my hair because it's not curly so yeah mm. that that, yeah. that 80s hair i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to make that well we'll work on that <laughs> yes, i mean it's we have a year on us to do that so yeah uh, i i want to just mention the, mm, yeah. the soundtrack to the film it's a very 80s soundtrack sort of pop rock 80s songs but i listen a lot to that kind of music so i love the soundtrack i loved it <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because like last time when we watched uh, when we were discussing Q, yes, I was the one like, oh, this soundtrack is kind of nice. It reminds me of la la la. But this time it sort of just blended together for me. So I think it must have been very good because it felt just like the frames that I were watching. If that makes sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did react when there was uh, the Cindy Lauper one because I was like, oh, that's expensive, you know. <laughs> so that's basically when I reacted. Okay, replace an actor to improve the movie. The premise here is that you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie. Who would you bring? Oh, hmm. Difficult question. But I do have someone in mind, basically, because we uh, started talking about Star Trek a bit with uh, Chakotay. So I want to bring in a Star Trek uh, actor... And I have Diana Muldor in Muldor in mind. I don't really exactly know how her name is pronounced, but she plays Catherine Pulaski, who is the doctor that uh, wasn't a fan favorite, uh, so to speak, in season two of The Next Generation. But she's, um, as an actress, and like her performance, I wouldn't say that there's anything wrong with her. Like It's more like her character that was a bit... <coughs> Uh, jarring next to the one that was before you know who then goes back to the series anyways (laughs) so I want to replace the person who was interviewing Regina in the the, in the bunker underground because he was sort of like the leader and he was like bossing people around and he was a bit uh, like mean and things like that and I think Catherine Pulaski like basically picking her up and like in Star Trek and putting her like a touch more evil. Uh, that would be a bit more fun, I think. A little bit more sassy. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. More Star Trek in Night of the Comet, basically. Uh, I'm all for that. I don't... Uh, I actually... I'm a bad podcaster now because I haven't... Uh, I don't have a good answer to this question. But I wholeheart- <sighs> I wholeheartedly <sighs> approve of more Star Trek in Night of the Comets. I like that idea. Yeah, so uh, relationship wreck... Up next, uh, fantasize about romantic relationship that we don't see in the movie, but you want it to happen, a.k.a. ship it. <laughs> well, before we started recording this podcast, I actually didn't think I had an answer for this. But based on what we discussed earlier, I actually like the idea mm. of DMK with Regina. Because that would make the arcade game joke so much funnier. <laughs> and you'd be reminded of it, like I... I, I forgot it, so I would have been needed to be reminded. Yeah. And that would have been so easy to just change because we could just have set up mm. Samantha as being the arcade nerd and Regina is the gun and Superman nerd, I guess. I mean, that would have worked. Yeah, 
lost opportunity. Yeah, I I can only sign off that uh, relationship. Uh, it's it's the one I would have wanted to see, especially now with DNK, like that whole thing. Yeah, and I don't think it would have been really like altering the movie in a bad way, like just the opposite, just in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of yeah, the yeah. relationships that were now were necessary you know like yeah. the truck driver and regina was kind of you know like a bit meh you know i don't know i thought they were cute so. but they weren't that yeah well they, they were cute they were just there wasn't that much build-up for it really it was more yeah. like you could have easily yeah it was more like oh we're well, two of the last humans alive which <laughs> should hang out exactly with like each that. other so they do so yeah, moving on with the theme of relationships, uh, we have a segment here on the pon- podcast called Bang Bond Blast, which is our version of Fuck, Mary Kill. Uh, and this trio this time that we are talking about is Regina, Samantha and Hector, aka Chakotay. Who would you pick for each category, Eva? Difficult, difficult. <laughs> I'm, I'm mainly thinking of whether I want to bang or bond Regina. Hmm. I, I really like Regina. I really liked her. And yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is really serious. And I'm like, oh, oh your fate depends upon the choice of whether or not you want to bang or bond Regina. <laughs> and it does not. My fate does not depend on this. So I'm gonna... I have a feeling what you're gonna go with. So I'm gonna... <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna bang Regina. She's really attractive. Oh, just an amazing character overall. So I'm going to bang her. Uh, although I kind of want to bond her as well. But I'm going to bang her. So I'm going to... But I don't want to blast the truck driver. And I don't want to bond Samantha either because she's so, she's so young. Uh, she was under 18, right? Yeah, I think she was 16. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that just feels weird. Yeah, sorry, Samantha. I'm going to blast you even though you were like pretty much also my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, gonna blast Samantha and I'm gonna bond the truck driver. I mean, it would be good for the future because you and he could have kids. You can't really have kids with either Regina or But Samantha. do I want kids? Do I want kids in the world Eva, where there Eva, aren't any hospitals? The burden of civilization is upon you. God damn, you're so right. Oh, you're so right. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna bond the truck driver then and we can, we can discuss his part in the future Star Trek. <laughs> So how how do you want to do this? Bang, bond, blast, Linnea? <laughs> yes. Well, as you were sort of hinting, you had an idea of what I've chosen. And the reason is that after I had watched this film, I was sort of gushing to Eva on Facebook Messenger about my girl crush on Regina. Because <laughs> Regina is awesome. She's an arcade game nerd. She's a Superman nerd. She knows guns. She's my post-apocalyptic girlfriend all the way i'm gonna bond regina oh yeah uh and then i'm gonna bang sorry can i can i just Mm -hmm. intercept here if we ever ever have fans and like to the extent where some people might even do fan (laughs) fiction or like fan art could you make linnea and regina happen yes thank you i'm putting it out there for the future i would love that yes awesome Yeah, sorry, now you can go on. Yes, so uh, as I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to bang Samantha because I figure it would be easier for Regina to forgive me for sleeping with her sister rather than shooting her sister. Mm. So I'm going to bang oh, Samantha so and blast Hector because I think Regina mm. could survive without Hector. Every- so oh. you don't give a shit about the civilization <laughs> is the lesson I'm taking with me now. If I can have <laughs> Regina, who cares? Yeah, well, true. 
Civilization doesn't deserve the two of you. <laughs> Fanfic, please. <laughs> yeah, so next up, argue why this should win a Gordon. What's a Gordon, you ask, fellow listener? Well, a Gordon is our Oscar, and it's pretty much like you argue why this amazing movie even if it's bad like really bad and you hate everything about it you still have to argue why this should win in a certain category or just a reason in general so it's a challenge but uh, i don't think it's going to be a challenge for this movie to be honest uh, so Linnea, argue why this should win a gordon yes this should win a gordon for the longest setup for a joke from 1984 <laughs> And I am, of course, talking about the DMK joke. We are introduced to this joke, like, in the first, I think, ten minutes of the film. And then we don't see the payoff for that joke until the last, the very last minute of the film. And I think that was, that was awesome. And guess what? (laughs) It won! It did? Yeah, it won, it won. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that Night of the Comet from 1984 should win a Gordon for the most quintessential 80s radio station set in 1984. That's why it should win. And guess what? It won! <laughs> oh, the audience is standing up now! Well, I mean, it's uh, kind of easy to win in a category where you have no, uh, no other hey, hey, names in the category. Hey. <laughs> Don't be a Debbie Downer, okay? This movie won two awards fair and square, okay? Yes. <laughs> so, Linnea, do you think that this should be remade in 2019? I actually spent some time thinking about this question beforehand, uh, and I kind of went in two different directions. Because first, my, mm, interesting. F- my very first thought was that so very much of the charm of this film comes from the fact that it was made in the 80s. It very, has very much the 80s aesthetic the 80s kind of uh, comedy and all of that and i just sort of felt that mm, maybe they can't really remake that uh but then i started thinking well you know maybe they can if we if we remove the 80s part of it and just sort of think of it as a post-apocalyptic comedy then yes mm. i think there's room for that today i mean just looking back a few years the, the first post-app movie that comes to mind is uh, Mad Max Fury Road and that's a very very different mm. kind of post-apocalyptic film so I kind of felt like yeah yeah there might be room for that kind of that kind of film today but mm. then I also started thinking well looking at what what's popular today you know a few years back we had uh, the movie Super 8 which was very 80s inspired today mm, we've had yeah. Stranger Things also very uh, 80s inspired Turbo Kid yes and we also have um Tales from the Loop, which I believe is also being made into a Mm. TV series, which is like retro-futuristic 80s Sweden, that kind of thing. So so I was sort of thinking, you know, maybe they can remake it and keep that 80s charm, only with a a slightly higher budget, I guess. Um, So I I, I think I'm going to have to answer yes on this question. I think, I, I mean, if they remade it, I would go and see it, definitely. As you've been talking, I've kind of thinking of two directions as well for me Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them is in a fantasy world where we can find like um, deleted scenes from this movie and we can just basically cut the bunker parts out Mm -hmm. i think if we could remove the bunker parts like i'm seriously i'm just dream scenarioing over here Mm -hmm. and we can add in those deleted scenes like just make a very 
cool, special, restored version with the deleted scenes and no bunker mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the other scenario would be, because I'm kind of like you, like, is there room for it? But maybe you could make something like, have you seen Ash vs. Evil? Uh, no, but I think I know what film it is. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, Ash from uh, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. and it's like a television series, and it the same guy who played Ash is playing the same is playing Ash now, like in the series, and it's actually pretty entertaining. So I'm thinking, like, maybe if you could do something like thirty years later, what happened to these mm. people? Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. We have Shakote, who is like a famous name because of Voyager. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe not because I hadn't even heard about him, but you know, like it's a it's a it's a face in the geek community, maybe you know, like mm-hmm. in the geek archive. <laughs> gonna go with that and then h- how is the burden of civilization how does that feel 30 years on and mm-hmm. what's happened to their kids and maybe the kids kids maybe they've made this weird little village where everything is very neat and tidy and they keep things going with uh, electricity from a generator and they're living this sort of weird fake uh, suburban american life I, i'm just riffing you know like something mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. a bit ah uh, the burden of civilization it's not too bad actually mm-hmm. that would be my answer yeah 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 uh so <coughs> would you recommend watching night of the comet from 1984 yes i would i i thought it was a, like like i said in the beginning of the podcast i thought it was a really fun film really feel good film you know it made me really mm. happy to watch it and i also was very happy at the ending you know it wasn't this fake yeah. happy ending which is sort of a trope i guess in horror films and also Mm. other like sci-fi films like q the winged serpent Mm. that we watched uh, last time where it's like oh we have defeated the monster but oh no there's another ache that we don't know about that kind of thing i was so happy that that was not the case here like oh "Oh, samantha is turning into zombie oh no she's not oh maybe she is you know that wasn't the case we know that regina samantha and hector are all fine at the end of the film and they're gonna be fine so (laughs) yes i would recommend this film yeah, same here. Definitely. It's a warm, cozy Christmas blanket that you should uh, p- pull out and watch in front of a fire and just mm-hmm. like, yes. snuggle. Definitely. <laughs> Any final thoughts? No, uh, I think we've covered everything I wanted to say about this. I, I loved it. I love Regina. Regina is my girl crush. And yeah, go watch it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, same here. Go go make some fanfic and fan art, <laughs> please. For God's sake, of Linnea and uh, <laughs> Regina. <laughs> so listener, have you seen Night of the Comet? We want to know what you think, so go to our Facebook page, Starcrashed, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. So join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about Slipstream from 1989. See you then. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>